Uh, well, I want to I wanna continue uh, this discussion of uh, Noah, which we have every year, but maybe with a new, a new point of view. So in the parasha, in the parasha of Breshit, at the end of Breshit, where Noah is born, right, you know, he's in the, in the list of the ten generations from Noah to Abraham, and he's born. So the Pasuk says, Vayichi Lamech, this is formulaic, right? Live a certain amount of time, you have a, you have a child. But here there's an interesting thing that the Torah tells us, um, sort of the etymology. I mean, the word etymology is, I'm misusing it, but you get the idea. It sort of gives us a hint and why this name was chosen. After all, all the names in the Torah, are practically all the names in the Torah, are originals. Everybody who has a name is the first one to have that name. Not named after somebody. But he could be named after an idea. Like a short form of a longer... Uh, so what was the longer uh, 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 statement that created the name Noah? The longest statement was Ze Yinachabenu Masenu Mitzvonya Deinu Minhadamasha Eira Hashem. That's that's pretty complicated. I mean, the, just reading those words is a little complicated. Let's try to figure out what they mean. Ze. <coughs> now, now you see, there's an anomaly here. If you look, those of you who are into, if you're into real detail. You see that the word zeh, which is a very little word, right, has one, a one syllable, has two te'amim on it, which is something very rare, as any Baal Koray can tell you. Uh, why it has two te'amim, uh, I don't know, but what it does, what happens as a result is that the word zeh is sort of like stands alone. It's not like most zes, which is uh, a particle of pointing. This, this is, right? It, it's some kind of extra, extra emphasis on the whatever follows. But when it has two ta'amim, and it is the only time, I think, that it has two ta'amim. When it has two ta'amim, it means that, the z- that this is something very important that is coming up. Or it might be. It might be something very important. Nechameinu, right? Nechameinu means nechama. Nechama is... What's nechama? An English word, what? Comfort. Which? Comfort. Yeah, okay. Ze yinachameinu. Ze meaning noach. He is going to console us. What he's going to console us from? I mean, what do we need consolation from? Ma'aseinu. What we do. Well, the work, the labor that we engage in. Mi'itzavon yadeinu. Mi'itzavon yadeinu. The sadness of our hands. Now, you know that the word itzavon is the word that's used to describe the punishment to Chava, right? That, that she has itzavon. When she, in childbirth, so itzavon yadenu is the uh, the the travail of our hands, 
Now, what travail in our hands is there? Well, uh, there are two steps. When the when Adam got kicked out of Adam and Chava, when they were kicked out of Gan Eden, they firstly didn't have anything to eat that was readily available as it was in Gan Eden. Gan Eden just walked around and picked the fruit off the tree. But you didn't have to produce the tree. Except, of course, we talked about rain. Right, that you had to pray for the Adam was expected to pray for rain, and the rain would then make things grow. But once you didn't have to work to make them grow, they grew. They grew by themselves. So, in uh, the punishment to Adam and Chava was first they had to work, but secondly, what which means that the work would not always produce what you want it to produce. Like the, you could plant, you could plant, but the result of the planting might not be what you want. It might not be positive. It might not be edible. So that when the Pasuk says, is what Adam and Chava did, that even if we work, we still don't always produce anything worthwhile, but we often produce itzavon. Min ha'adama from the earth, Asher Hashem, which God has, which God has cursed. In in other words, Noah somehow is going to contravene something that sounds odd to us. Perhaps is going to overcome the curse that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, uh, 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 placed upon mankind in relationship to the adama in relation to the Adama. So, it's quite a prophecy. Quite a prophecy on the part of Lemeth, who called his son by that name. Okay, I'm not sure that all the names that were given to all the children were given at birth. Maybe they got their names later on, like as a result of their achievement, uh, maybe. Well, I mean, but that's certainly a way, you know, people call each other a name that they invented when they met the person, but it may not be the given name that the person has. That's certainly, certainly possible. <coughs> okay. Rashi. He doesn't kid around. Rashi says, Vayolid Ben, Vayolid Ben, Shemimenu Nivneha Olam. A son upon whose back the entire world is going to be built or rebuilt. In other words, Rashi, Rashi just is telling you that Noah, the Noah of Lemech, is Noah. There's no other Noah. He's the, he's the one. And then he goes on and says, Zeyinachamenu, Yinachmimenu et Itzavon Yadenu. He will somehow free us from the sadness in our hands. Until Noah came, they didn't have a plow. And he made the plow. And so when they planted wheat, they got brambles. They got something that they didn't want. Mikilelato shel adam harishon. 
And this was the result of the klala, of the curse that God cursed Adam HaRishon with. Uvimei Noach Nachan. And in the time of Noach, there was a resting or relaxation. Vizehu yinachameinu, yinachmimenu. Right, rest, rest from us, or, or leave us be, leave us be. So Rashi is telling us something for which there doesn't seem to be any reference in the pasuk. Like you can't, he doesn't hang it on that. He doesn't hang it on a gematria. He doesn't hang it on a, a connection to a pasuk in Eov. He doesn't get anything, right? And so maybe. What, uh, uh, what Rashi means is, what Rashi means, he says, since whatever Noach did, right, that's the important theological position that, that Rashi is, is explaining. The important position, the important position is that even though God cursed, the earth and that's something that mankind went around with in spite of that fact the curse was not permanent it was the curse meant it meant you are cursed but you can do something about it you are cursed but you could change it somehow so who was the one who came along to change it Noah how did he change it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you could say that Noah brought a, a, a caterpillar tractor into the world. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. It's just that ag in agriculture, which was the problem, Noah created an easement. Right? That's what, that's what we say. What was it? Okay, Rashi, it's a machresha. How do you know it was a machresha? So Rashi can say, maybe it wasn't a machresha. Maybe it was a plow. Maybe it was, a, maybe it was a something else. Right? You know, he doesn't what he's, he's focused on are these last words in the Pasuk, Min Asher Hashem. And therefore, Rashi continues, it says, Im Eitam If you don't explain it that way, then we still don't understand the name, Noach. Right, that if, if the word is based on nechama, then you would call them menachem, you wouldn't call him, you wouldn't call him Noah. So you see that no, we don't know why this is true. We don't know why this is true. We don't know if, if Noah was at the time that he created this machresha, whether he was a spiritual person, uh, close to God kind of person. Rashi doesn't say that at all. He just had this remarkable ability to overcome the curse. He understood, he understood that that's what mankind was. That's what, what mankind was in spite of Dr. Harari. Mankind has the ability to overcome. To overcome, and even if, if uh, weather sometimes curses, uh, uh, curses us, right? You know, it's, storms come, the winds come, uh, a terrible kind of, of situations, but we have the ability, the innate ability, to deal with it. And that's what Eirara means. Eirara means, uh, it was when God cursed the land, it wasn't so much, he, he, he cursed the land as a punishment, and the punishment was that you have to get out of it. 
You have to, you have to somehow reorient yourself to be able to overcome. And that's who Noah was. He was the person who signified, who signified or who, who uh, uh, indicated that, that the created man slash woman has the ability to overcome the difficulties in Olam Hazeh. And that's why the, the parasha ends with the pasuk of Noach Matachein Beinei Hashem. Why did Noach find favor in God's eyes? Remember a pasuk that Rashi doesn't, doesn't refer to, doesn't explain, the last pasuk in the first parasha of the Torah. Because Noach, Noach was not just left over after the flood, but Noach was the one who indicated that we can deal with reality. We can overcome. We can do what has to be done in order to live a good life in the world that God has, uh, has created. So that God created the challenge, and the challenge was Arura Ha'adama Ba'avurchem, that God said to Adam and Chava that the, the earth will be cursed, and Noah said, we can overcome it. We can overcome it. Noah didn't change the earth, but he changed the way we labor at, on the earth. And that way enabled us, that way enabled us to, uh, <coughs> enabled us to, uh, to continue. I mean, that made Noah a primary candidate for the next world, the world after the Mabul, the world after the, 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 everything is destroyed and starts over again. So since we're talking about Noach, let's look at the first pasuk in our parasha. Ele toldot Noach, Noach ish sadik, tamim ayad bederotav, et ha-elokim, italech Noach. So this, as an epitaph, is probably the best thing that was ever said about anybody in the Tanakh. I mean, uh, I think it would be embarrassing for anybody to put this on their tombstone. You know, I mean, after all, even Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah says, Anav Mikol Adam, he, he, he was marked by humility. Okay, so humility is a, great, is a great feature. But how do you compare that to Tzadik Tamim Haya Bidorotav? And then, Et HaElokim Italech Noach. I mean, that's easily the most remarkable uh, reference to a person in the entire Tanakh. And this in spite of the fact that you know that the story doesn't all end gloriously for Noah. You know, he like, uh, he uh, drank too much, his uh, children, he did get along with him, didn't get along with him, but in, in, in any event, it starts off great, but it starts off really great. Now let's see what Rashi says. Rashi says, Since the Torah mentions Noah, so the Torah says something about him. In, in other words, how is the Pasuk? The Pasuk, you see the word, and then it says, So really, that piece of the Pasuk, is unnecessary. You know, I mean, what we're interested in is that Noah had three sons, and with the three sons, you know, they built the ark, and then, uh, 
etc. Why, why, why? The Torah doesn't have to do this, but, but Rashi, Rashi creates a literary form for us. He says it's a literary form. What's a literary form? You mention somebody, so you say something about them. Not because it's necessary for the story, but because that's the way you do it. Who's Noach? Noach is Sadiq. Not that you don't know. We've heard of Noach already. We heard about him in Bereshit. But still, it's the proper way to do it. It's the polite way to do it. Rashi says, again, Mentioning what the, that uh, uh, the tzaddik mentioning a person tzidkut is libracha. Davar achel elometcha sheikar toldo toldo tehem toldo tehem shel tzaddikim masim tovim. There's something like an extra letter at the end. Ikar toldo tehem shel tzaddikim masim tovim. That's why. That's why it says that. Okay, so Rashi, it, was, uh, it would seem from Rashi that Rashi doesn't really understand or doesn't have a, like a, a reason which reflects the flow of things. And he rationalizes the statement about Ish Tzadik as some ethical position or some literary position, but it's not something that's absolutely necessary according to Rashi. Now, Rashi goes on, and he's troubled, and he leaves us with this problem. We've like lived with it all our lives. Why does the pasuk say bidorotav, which means in his generations, plural, right? Bidorotav. He was a tzaddik, bidorotav. He was a tamim, bidorotav. That's what the pasuk says. Rashi says. There are those who say that the intent of the pasuk is to speak positively, lishvach, positively about uh, about Noah, so that we should interpret kol shekain shilu ayavedor tzadikim ayat tzadik yoter. In other words, like it's a relevant, a re- relevant relative. A relative clause, like you say, oh, he was, you know, like if there's no competition, so you don't do so well. The same thing is true about righteousness. If everybody's wicked, it's not such a big, that's so hard to be righteous. So you're not too righteous. But again, he says, he says, that if he lived with the righteous, he would be even more righteous. And there's some people who, who explain that this was actually a negative statement about Noah. Right? He was righteous at the particular time. If he lived at the time of Avram Avinu, he would not have been, nobody would have noticed him. Nobody noticed him. So, uh, you could ask the question in, a, in, in different ways. But let's say, here I am, I'm Rashi. 
I want to tell people what's going on in the Pasuk. So why does Rashi tell them what he thought? I mean, Rashi must have had an opinion about Noah. He must have thought that Noah was a good guy or a bad guy. So why does he just tell us what he thought? Second question. Second question, how could anybody think that this is Lignai? That this is a negative statement about Noah? I mean, you have to really be like a little bit strange. Do you say that somebody is Sadiq and he's Tamim and that all of that is negative? I mean. In other words, why add in his generation? What? That's adding in No, but so you could think it's positive. That if he had been in another generation, he would have been even greater. It was in his generation, he was a tzaddik, six out of ten. But in another generation, it would be eight out of ten, or nine out of ten. What, what, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that interpretation? It's just both are possible. No, but one is more possible than the other. Let's say, if I, when I read the pasuk, before I get involved in this cleverness, it sounds to me like it's positive. So why not interpret it as positive? I mean, and, and if you think that it's negative, so say it's negative. Why interpret it both ways? I mean, that, that, what, what are we supposed to do, we, the poor students of the Chumash? What are we supposed to think to ourselves about Noah and how he was chosen and what he was doing? Was he somebody to look up to? Was he somebody to respect or was he not? One more Rashi and then I'll listen. One more Rashi. Rashi says, Et Elohim italech noach, right? Et Elohim italech noach. So this is something that, uh, you know, it really sounds good, no? I mean, how can you be more positive than that? Along comes Rashi, and Rashi says, Avol Abraham, Yavit Chazek Me'alech B'Tzid Kol Me'elav. Noach went with God. With means leaning against, depending upon, you know, with. But Avram, Avram went. Avram, love. He didn't lean. Avram was uh, independent, a free spirit. Can you imagine that? Hitalech, hitalech is hitpael in Hebrew. Right, something you do to yourself. The Shodavara, she says. Okay, we'll leave out, we'll leave out, I'm sorry, we'll leave out the, uh, we'll leave out the grammar. I just don't get it. I'm not sure I get it. Let's look at the, at the Breshit Rabbah. You see the Breshit Rabbah? The next, next thing, Bedorotah. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Nechemia. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Nechemia, very well-known Tanaim. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Bedorotava Yatzadik. Bedorotava Yatzadik. Ha ilu aya Bedoroshel Moshe, Bedoroshel Shmuel, lo Yatzadik. How come he says Moshe and Shmuel? Rashi says, I mean, it's a different drasha, different drasha. But why does why does the medrash? I mean, I understand. 
I mean, the Medrash is right. When you say Doroshel, the generation of, there have to be other people there. That's a door, and all the people. There were no other people with Abraham. What, 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 Rashi is changing something. Rashi says, I'm going back to Rashi. The long line, the first long line in the Rashi. What do you mean, There is no such thing as Doroshel Abraham. Is it Doroshel Abraham? Who, who, was, who else was righteous in the, with Abraham? Why call it Doroshel Abraham? It's Doroshel Shmuel. Oh, then there were Jews. Doroshel Moshe Rabbeinu. Yes, that's, that's good. Moshe and Shmuel. So in any event, what does it say? What does it say? Back to the Medrash. Mashal shelechad shayalo martef echad shal yayim. Right? You know the Medrash likes this. Likes to give a mashal. It's just like. It's just like. But the mashal is interesting. Mashal echad shayalo martef shayachad shal yayim. Patach havit achat v'nimtza shel chomets. He opened up a bottle of wine. Those of you who have ever made wine on your own know that this is a very common event. And you find out that it's vinegar. Like, you know, wine vinegar. You can either buy it in the store or make it yourself. Matza'ah shel chometz. Shniyah. Cain. Another bottle. He takes out another bottle. It's also chometz. Shlishit. Umitza'ah koseis. The word koseis means a little bit, you know, like a tang of... Um, of uh, chomet, what? Fizzy. Vinegar, a little vinegary, right? Wine vinegary. Amrin le kosem hu. So they say to him, it's got a little tang in it of vinegar. Amar lehu v'itachatav mina. You have something better? Amar lo. So he takes it. In other words, you go down to the store. And you taste the wine, those are the good old days. You taste the wine and it's vinegar. He says, I don't want that. Finally, you come to a little bit of wine that has just a little bit of a taste of vinegar. And you take it. You say, okay, I'll take this. They say, but you know, it has a little bit of uh, that taste, the taste of vinegar in it. So they say, well, you got something better? You have something better that I could buy? They say, no, nothing better. Amai lohon v'itachatamine, amai lelo. So he, Noach, was like the wine that was a little bit sour. A little bit sour. And so he lived in a generation where everybody was very vinegary wine. And so by comparison, so I mean this is really... Uh, it's a uh, <coughs> Noah. We call him a tzaddik, but he really isn't a tzaddik. It's really he's only bedorotav. A bedorotav. I mean, he was vinegar. He was sort of vinegar. It wasn't terrible. I mean, you could still drink it, but it wasn't wine. The second example. Uh, second example. I mean, the chemia meh ma'im bedorotav hayat tzaddik that's the other opinion persimmon. Yeah. 
I don't know too much about persimmon, but anyway, you put it in a thing and close it up, and it smells, right? It has a nice smell to it, I hope. I hope that's the idea here. It's like closed up with a, a tie. It's like you take a bottle, a jar, and you put some wax paper on it, and you close it up with a piece of string or a rubber band or something. Uh, you know, sometimes these medrashim are a little different. They put that in the cemetery. In, in other words, apparently they buried people in a, you know, not very, uh, you know, in not a very hygienic way. And, and there was a smell in the, in the Beit Kvarot. So when you went to visit a kever, the proper, a, a proper thing to bring with you to the kever was the Sefar Simon, which covered up the smell of the, of the rotting bodies, right? The Hayarecha Nodeif and the, and the smell would, would be noted. Like you'd see this, you'd smell the smell in the Beit Kvarot. And if, <coughs> if you had the Afar Simon, Astam in your, in your house, in the, live, in the kitchen, so then you'd really get a very strong smell. In the Beit Kvarot, you got a little bit of a smell. Outside, in your house, you'd get a tremendous smell. Uh, Okay, the third example, Mashali Bitula, a virgin girl, Shaita Shuya, Bishuk Shel Zonot, and she was in a uh, house of prostitution, and, and she's no, not yet known as a, she doesn't have a, nobody says anything bad about her. If she was at a place where all the women were uh, straightforward, so she would have even a better reputation. So the idea of the Medrash is that, uh, let's say, there's an intrinsic kind of tzitkut that a person might have, but reality brings it out. It could bring it out a little more, or it could bring it out a, a little bit less. So if you're in the context of righteousness, that's Rabbi Nechemia, the second opinion in the Medrash. The second opinion says if you're in the context of righteousness, if you live with other people who are righteous, so it brings out the natural righteousness in the person and enables him to, uh, to be very successful. Whereas if you live in a place where uh, everybody around you is uh, uh, un unappealing, unacceptable, then, uh, uh, then your own natural righteousness doesn't have an opportunity to, to grow. As far as the particular examples that are brought in the Medrash, you know, the, the cases, uh, I don't know. I don't know. If, we, we don't have time to think about that now. But we go back to, the, to Noah. 
I would still like to know. I'd like to know, here it is, the Medrash is like, let's say, the year zero. Right, the Medrash, is, this Medrash is written by Tanaim. Right, and Rashi is the 11th century. Right, so from the Medrash to the 11th century, nothing has changed. We still don't, all those years, everybody said, well, either he was a tzaddik or he wasn't a tzaddik. And if you had to explain it, you would say, well, look how he turned out. He didn't turn out exactly like a righteous person. But in fact, the Pasuk says he was a righteous person. So there we have it. We're stuck. Until the Shemish rule came along. <laughs> Until the Shemish rule came along, that's another thousand years, right? But that's what I meant to say. The Tanoim are like zero. Rashi is the 11th century. I mean, I, I'm not saying that this statement in the Medrash Rabbah was written in year zero. Don't quote me on that. I'm just saying that it's like that kind of spread, right? And the Shemishmuel is the 20th century, right? The son of the Sachachavah, of the Avni Nezer. He's already the beginning of the 20th, the 20th century. You have a, a thousand year spread. From the Tanoim to Rashi, nothing has changed other than the fact that Rashi insists that the comparison of Noach is to Avraham and not to, not to Shmuel and the Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Whereas now, we have to look at the Shem Shmuel, I want to read it. I want to read it. Listen to Shem Shmuel. I mean, it'll be a, just a, tri, a, a, a drop of knowing because I'm going to read it. There is Rashi. Ubavrahamu omevachule. Noah hayat sarich saad le tomcho. That's Rashi. That Noah had to be supported by God. But Abraham was able to be righteous on his own. He didn't need divine support. So Rashi says. So the Shemish Mur says, Yeshlavin. When he says Yeshlavin, he means, I don't understand. Right? That's called the nice way of talking about it. Like, Yesh Lavin, Ani Lo Mevin. Ani Lo Mevin. He says, Sharei HaKatuv Me'id Alav Shaya Ish Tzadik Tamim. Shemashma Shaya Tzadik Bishleimut. He says, how can you argue with the Pasuk? The Pasuk says he was Tzadik Tamim. Tzadik Tamim, that means he was as good as you could be. Was Rashi draying around and saying that he wasn't as good as he could be. Or that Avram Avinu was better than he was. Reading again. And if it was true that God had to come and support him, that, that, that contradicts the idea of Shleimut. Shleimut, perfection, right? That, that, that he was perfect. So why would he need God to support him in being perfect? Uh, and then he says, V'nireh, D'hinei Avraham, Im kol avonotav, Im kol, I'm sorry, An v'tanuto ha'gidolah, That Avraham Avinu who was, he's trying he's like to explain it to us. He says, let's look at Avraham Avinu. Avram Avinu was anav. He was he was humble. Agdola shamavanochi afarva efer. Avram Avinu said about himself, "I am dust and dirt. I'm nothing." Hayaish chazak meod. 
He was, on the other hand, even though he was very humble, he was also very strong. Vinikra Eitan. Eitan, you know everybody named Eitan? Avram Avinu is Eitan. Right? And Eitan means strong, powerful, sturdy. Right? That's Eitan. So he says, Eitan. Everybody should know the Rambam. You see the shame of Shmuel? <laughs> what was his name? What was his name? His name was Avraham. That was his name. And the Rambam, in almost every time he mentions Avraham Avinu, he calls him Avraham. Every time. But one time, one time, in Hilchot Avodah Zarah, Perak Aleph, right? Perak Aleph, Halacha Aleph, he says the following, Kevan Shenigmal Eitan Zeh. When this person was weaned from his mother's milk, the person he's referring to is Avraham Avinu. And the name that he uses here, and only in this place, in referencing him, is Eitan. Kevan shenigmal Eitan zeh. Harei shehayu etzlo shtei hamidot yachtav. What are the two midot? What two character traits did Avram Avinu have? Humility and power. Humility and power. He's describing a personality. He's describing a personality. Personality of Avinu. He was humble. Anochi and he was powerful. This is the Medrash, this is the Medrash Rabba. There's a Pasuk, I mean, I, I didn't put it in here, but just briefly to remind you, there's a Pasuk in Shira Shirim, Yonati b'chagvei asela. Yonati, a Yona is a, what? A dove, yeah. Chagvei asela are the cracks in the rock that the, the Yona builds its nest in the crevices in the in the rocks, right? Why did he say Yonati? Why is supposed to say Yonati, my Yonati? I'm reading the, 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 don't look for it. I'm reading something you don't have. Ain leif that the that the bnei Yisrael or Ephraim are like a yonah potah. Potah means it listens to whatever you say, whatever you tell them. God says you're like you're like a, a you don't have an opinion. Anything God says, that's what you do. So now let's go back to our to our text. Shmot It's the fifth line, right? The fifth line after the parentheses. Achati Yonati Tamati, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Yoch Rabbi Yochanan is already, as you know, 
an Amora, right? Yona Tama Enktivkan Ela Yona Titamati. That somehow they noted the fact that it doesn't say Yona Tama, singular, uh, but it says Yona Ti, my Yona, my Tamati. It's Lehem Kiyona Pota. For me, God, they are like uh, uh, a pigeon. That just does whatever I tell it to do. Yona pota, ain leif, ain leif. It doesn't have its own heart. It doesn't work on its own. Shekol masha nigozer alehem, hemosim. Whatever I tell this Yona equals bnei Yisrael Ephraim. Whatever, whatever God God decides, that's what they do. Avol keneged umota olam. But when they have to defend themselves against their oppressors, the nations of the world, then they are strong as wild animals. And therefore, we know that uh, that the wicked who lived in the generation of Abraham were not able to confuse his way of thinking about things as we know from all kinds of you know wise uh, statements in wise books but, but if you have a lot of Rishaim around and they just think the wrong thing, that, that has a bad effect on the righteous, even on the righteous of Abraham. Now, we were talking before about Noah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll do it again. Uh, here, Raul Cain, it's the sixth line in the middle. Towards the towards the left, there's a period. Al Kain or Al Korchecha. Lo yabe yecholet anshei doroch harishaim leval below afil b'machshava. That they were not able to affect Noah, even though everybody was evil in those days. <coughs> Noah remained tzaddik. He was a tzaddik. He had to be svarim shavishaim pogvim machshav tamarat tzaddikim. Because usually what happens when you're a single person that everybody else around you is bad, so it has a bad effect on you. Aval Avraham, Shaya lo chozek ha-leif me'od lo yachlu lehaziko. Aval Noach, im kolzit kato, Shaya tzadik tamim. Even though it's true that Noah was righteous, he was humble. We'll let the Kabbalists deal with that. Merkava, Merkava is uh, is the seat of Hakadosh Baruch Right? He was he was the only one. He was you know God's presence in the world was dependent upon him. Bikol uh, makom. So the Shem Mishmuel says there's a distinction between the Tzidkut of Noach and the Tzidkut of Avram. They're both Tzadikim, he says. They're both Tzadikim, but there's a difference between them. Noach was a Tzadik 
And his tzidkut is understood as in the fact that he was not affected by the rishut that was around him. All of the terrible thinking, the terrible ideas, the terrible things that people did had no effect on Noah. But Noah was unable to take a forceful stand against them. Right? He was unable to do that. But Abraham, Abraham, he had that other quality as well. And that other quality as well was that he would fight against those who had those terrible ideas. Right? So if even though he was the righteous person, and as the righteous as the only righteous person in the world, any capitalist will tell you, he became the seat of God's presence in the world. There was no one else. No one else. Nevertheless, nevertheless, he couldn't fight it. He couldn't take a stand against it. We don't hear that about Noah. We don't, he doesn't take any kind of stand. Over Medrash, Vani Kasharosukain Asiti, Uma Beni Levenam, Eleshe Gemalat, Nitovava, Amarta Li, Bo Atavakobetra, Elateva, even though I couldn't deal with it, Noah says, God did me this great Tova and took me and my family into the ark. At Lumadze. You see where we are? Le'umadzeh. It's like sort of in the middle. Ach le'umadzeh, as opposed to Noah, hayachaseh lo'chosek I'm sorry, as opposed, as, uh, against that, hayachaseh lo'chosek ha'lev. Noah didn't have a powerful heart. He was not able to, to act. V'yuvan alpi ma'she'amar, ma'she'amar, k'vod k'cho avi admor, etc., Right, you remember that Pasuk? Moshe called Hoshea Benun and renamed him Yehoshua. He added a Yud. So the Targum says, Kadechama Moshe and Vetanute Karaboshe Vigome. He saw that Yehoshua was an overwhelmingly humble person. So he called to him and he added the yud, Hainu kimiteva he'anav litbatev v'yayere Moshe shelo yivatel da'ato l'tatam raglim. So that the, the humility, the humble person tends to give in. He tends to let the other opinion dominate. And Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid that Yoshua Benun would, as one of the one of the spies, would would not take a strong stand against the other spies who said that maybe you know going to Eretz Canaan is not such a big deal, right? So the Yud makes Hosea into Yehoshua, which is a, a, a word that describes the redemption that, Ye, that Yehoshua Benun needs in order to escape the influence of the other, of the other Meraglim. And that's why Rashi says that, Yoshua, that Noah needed support. 
he needed to be of strong heart. Because if God didn't help him, he would not have that strength of character. And, and then the, all the wicked people around him would mess with his righteousness and he would not be that kind of a righteous person. And therefore, Noah had to be separated from the people of his generation. Why does it say that the Pasalata Rishonim? He knew it himself. Okay, so you see what is the Shmuel? What is what's the Shemi Shmuel? How did he do it? How did he work it out? He said, he said, no, that's not what Rashi means. Rashi, Rashi is not the, not disagreeing with the pasuk. The pasuk says Noah was a tzaddik. Noah was a tamim. Noah had Noah. Right, that's what he says. However, even in the category of perfect righteousness, we can differentiate two kinds of people. We can differentiate the people who are righteous for themselves, you know, they, and we could uh, find the people who uh, spread the righteousness, who insist on righteousness, who push it, who push the... <coughs> the righteous agenda who pushed the righteous agenda and so Noah because he was personality type A right and Avram Avinu was personality type B but Noah was personality that personality type A meant that his righteousness was dependent on him being separate not being part of the, the larger community not, not being involved with everybody else, and certainly his righteousness is noteworthy. It saved the world. But it did not do what Avraham Avinu was able to do with his righteousness. Right? The, the Pesach says in next week's parasha, Vayita Eishel Sheva, right? Sheva. That Avraham Avinu planted this Eishel. So the Chachobim, what's an Eishel? Who's interested in trees? He says, no, it was the red apple rest, for those of you who, who have a some kind of connection to earlier realities. It was the Red Apple, Red Apple is New York City, yes. you know, up, upstate, dude. no, he's English. No, but English, I'm from New York and I don't know what that is. What? I'm from New York and I don't know what that is. You don't know, what you're from New York, you don't know what that is? No. Um, I, I, I can't help you. <laughs> Him, I can help. <laughs> it's still there, by the way. The red apple rest. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't have anything in it, but the sign and the building it's still there. So, uh, how do I get to the red apple rest? Oh, so I saw the Chazal say Chazal say Avinu put up this this hotel and he would feed people and then he would say bench. You know, can you imagine somebody doing that today? Even Chabad they don't say bench, they just say eat, right? <coughs> 
Avinu said, Ben, so you see, according to Shei Mishur, that Avinu had this powerful character, uh, character trait, which was that he, he wanted to... Sp it, it's true about the, all the history as Chazal understand Avram Avinu, right? Avram Avinu was thrown into the fiery furnace by uh, Nimrod because he tried to spread his ideas. If he would just kept his mouth shut, nothing would have happened. It would have been... So Avram Avinu is understood by Chazal as being not only the first uh, Kiruv personality, but that he did it in a forceful manner. When, when there was a problem, when there's a problem with, uh, with Lot, they captured Lot. Lot was not exactly an honorable, an honorable person, but Armavina went out to fight the battle for, for what he felt was just. And, and he didn't say, well, I'm a tzaddik, so don't draft me. He didn't say that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm only kidding. It's not a good, it's not a good comparison. But so, so ignore it, ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. This came out by accident. Even though I know there are no accidents. But uh, so Avram Avinu is perceived as being an activist kind of tzaddik. And Noah is perceived, according to Shevish Shmuel, as being a tzaddik, but his tzitkus depends on him being able to be a tzaddik. You know, it was like, like he needs sa'at, he needs support from a Kodesh So the Shemi Shmuel, right, 2,000 years later, right, Shemi Shmuel said, no, the Pasuk is right, and Rashi is right, and Bidorotav is right. It's all right. It's all the way it should be. That it's important it, it, to know that Noach was a tzaddik, and it's important to know that there's a way of distinguishing the tzitkus of Avram Avinu and the tzitkus of, of Noah. And it's important to understand, it's important to understand that Noah, who might have been able to save the generation in some way or other, did not. He did not save the generation. Even though Rashi says, you know, they waited around 12 months while they were building the, uh, while they were building the ark for somebody to, to do tshuva. But nobody did tshuva, because Noah, they were laughing at Noah. They all laughed at him. You know, as he was not able to present his position to the people who were outside of his sphere of influence, like his family. He was not able to, to argue the case. But Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu is portrayed for us as a person who was always arguing the case. Always, even if it meant endangering himself physically and, and being in a difficult, in a difficult position. So I think that I think the Shem Mishmuel has an interesting take on the on the on the issue. Oh, have a wonderful Shabbos. Yeah.